0: Welcome to Genius Leadership Overcoming Everything podcast. I'm your host, Anna Liebel, a mind shifter, helping male leaders in tech get out of the firefighter mode, become the proactive leaders they want to be, and enjoy the ride as they go. Join me every week for honest, insightful conversations with corporate, entrepreneurial, and academic leaders about their rollercoaster ride to leading from their zone of genius. If you find the show valuable, could you do me a favor? rate and review the podcast, share it with your network so that more of us can live a healthier and happier life. And for now, let's take the ride together.
1: Hey, Genius Leader, here I am with another episode, solo episode. I think that's not happening that often that I have two solos in a row, but um, the plan was to fit everything in the one episode, but then I'm Committed to keeping them a bit shorter, each of them. So I decided to break it down into the two parts. So last week's episode was about the personal updates of my background being Ukrainian, how has the life been a bit uh, before the full scale invasion on February 24th, how the life has been since, how my family is. So I think it's good to go and listen to that just to understand uh, what we are talking about today as the context of the lessons that I'll be sharing. And if you have listened to it, please let me know what you think about it. Do you feel like uh, conversations like that belong in the space of this podcast? Or you feel like, what the hell, Anna? Keep it to yourself or or for Facebook or Instagram. So yeah, let me know what your thoughts are. I am um, always grateful for all the feedback, um, be it um, constructive or, or positive and support. So yeah, thank you for being here with us, and uh, let's just dive into those lessons or observations of mine. Uh, First, I'll touch on those that I've already started a bit on in uh, the personal update episode last week. One of them, um, the choice of my parents to stay in Ukraine, and uh, how important it is for us to respect other people's choices, even if that hurts, even if we disagree with that. And I think this is something that uh, a lot of people are struggling with, just even outside of the context of the war, of course. Not everyone is going through that right now. Having someone dear uh, deciding to stay there in the unsafe environment where the bombings are happening every day and killing civilians. And um, as I said, for me, what helped, first of all, was the practice, or so to say, the, the conversations that we've had about that with my parents back in 2014. Uh, but also. And mainly, it's been the self-development, the self-leadership work. It is what really, really, really helps in these situations to take myself out of the equation when it's not about me. And this might be very triggering, what I'm talking about right now. And um, if I hurt your feelings, I'm sorry in advance, but please listen and reflect on what I'll say right now. And that is, when we, for example, if I would push my parents now to get out of the unsafety, it would be selfish. Because if I really listen to them, and I really understand why they don't want to leave, I actually understand it. And I wouldn't have left either. Again, I can be giving all these arguments to them about, but how is it for me to sit here in the safety and think about you being unsafe every day, but, how about my daughter? your only grandchild for now? she needs you. she like I want you to build a relationship with them uh with you, and I want her to have memories of you and now she's three and a half years old, and to I need you for being grandparents for her. I could give that as an argument, or, hey, we can provide you home here. We can provide you safety. Mm, We'll uh, have the support for you here. Either it is the government, social benefits, and of course, we will support you financially. And to the term, to the term, to -to the term. For my parents, that all is total bullshit. And it's not like they're saying that because we never had a conversation with these arguments from my side. But what I mean is their reasons for staying are many on very different levels. And I think some of the levels, they don't understand themselves even. But just to give you the background, uh, both of my parents are Ukrainians, but they have been born. They were born and raised in Uzbekistan. And uh, that is because in the Soviet Union, people were moved around for different reasons. That was a very smart politic uh, of the Soviets to not keep people together, those people who can go against the system. And uh, one part of my family has been deported. the other one was moved because of the military background of the family members. But the the end story is the same, that people were torn away from their background, from where their roots, the history of their family was, and they had to build everything from scratch from being no one in a new, completely different world, completely different land. I remember a couple of years ago talking to the only person of that generation left in my family, Um, the... Brother of my granddad on Mom's side. At that moment, he was ninety, and he had a brilliant memory. He was still doing his physical exercises every morning. He was still making furniture from um, wood that he would find, and I actually bought two small stools in my suitcase from Uzbekistan as a memory of him, and he passed away the year later. And he was talking about that that first his family was moved to. Kazakhstan, and he said, like, nothing grows there. And just to give you context, Ukraine is, is the agricultural country of Europe. We are feeding a lot of European nations through themselves or uh, f- by feeding their livestock with the crops that are uh, living, uh, that are grown on our land. We have very strong uh, soil. And coming from that experience, being used to working on your land, providing for your own family that way, move to Kazakhstan where nothing grows and you just try so hard to do something and nothing ever happens. When then this great uncle of mine uh, had to serve in the army in Uzbekistan, the neighboring to Kazakhstan. And he said, at least there you could grow watermelons and fruits. So then he did all he could to move his family to Uzbekistan from Kazakhstan because going back to Ukraine was not possible. And this is the background with what my parents grew up. Their families had to prove their worth, grow their roots, find their place under the sun on a massive scale. And my parents get back to Ukraine when I was two years old, um, just around the time when the Soviet collapsed. And they had to build themselves again. Uh, just, they had to go through the same thing what their parents had to go through. And it's different when you do it by own choice, like my parents did when they wanted to go back to Ukraine. Or how I did it, I moved out of Ukraine out of curiosity. And I I had to build my life um, from scratch, yes, and even twice, so to say, because then I moved to Iceland. But it was my choice. And here, we're talking about millions of people doing it, not by choice, but out of necessity. And, um... That is what my parents are not willing to go through. They are around 60. My mom turned 60 this year. My dad is turning 64 later in September. They are not in the age when they feel like they have the capacity to do it from scratch again, especially without knowing the languages, with having the strong belief within themselves they can't learn the languages. Total bullshit, but it's another story. They have those preconceptions about what being uprooted would mean. And they don't use the uprooted, but they um, that's how I see it from, from my side. Another part for them is being doctors. And they have given oath that they will help people in need, whenever needed. And uh, that keeps them there as well because they want infrastructure to keep going. And for example, if the need is huge in doctors, they they both have a surgery background. They would be able to help uh, people when needed or if needed. Those are the things that uh, are strong. Also to not feel like you're a burden for a person like for their own daughter for example if they would accept my help or for a system a government if they would for example accept help from the government of whatever country they would go to that's the worst thing for them they don't want to be the burden and this is a long explanation but I want you to see that those two different sides of my arguments that I could have given them about the kid the grandkid how it is for me to read those news every day and think about them being not not in a safe place and so on. And their part. And that's what gives me, or that's why I'm always telling my uh, people who are asking me, how is my family? Is there anyone in Ukraine? And I say, yes, my parents are in Kyiv and they decided to stay there. And I say, and I get it and I don't get it. This choice. I understand them. And this is the lesson that I want everyone to take from here. And again, having tears in my eyes and my voice, I'm sorry for that. But uh, I hope you're staying with me through these emotional roller coasters. The lesson of the self-leadership is about when you lead others, when you show up for the others, do it for their sake, not for your own. And this is something that all of you, all of you and each of us can um, apply in our everyday life, even if we don't go through the war. If you're a leader in a company and you show up for your people, take yourself out of the equation. And for that to be possible, you really need to do your homework. And that's what I'm talking about all the time on this show. The value of the self-leadership and how that changes lives. The life of you and the life of everyone whom you're touching on your way. So do your homework. Uh, Take care of yourself and learn about yourself. Raise your self-awareness. So that when you shop for the others, you can actually do that and just that, and not think about yourself. Where it's not about you. So as I said, I'm sorry if this triggers you. I, I'm sorry if you think that I'm st- like speaking total bullshit about being selfish in these kind of conversations. But I think this is very important to understand when we're talking about these kind of choices and we don't understand the choice of the other person and we start projecting ourselves onto them. We're harming. We're harming the person, we're taking away the power from them. We are harming our relationship with them, and we're harming ourselves because we are living by our own oh yeah, assuming everyone is like us, and that is something that, that takes away the power from us as well because we close ourselves off the Or from the opportunity to understand the others in a better way and actually create thriving relationships with the other people and with ourselves. So no matter how triggering this is for you, uh, please take this lesson with you and look into the relationships where you don't understand the choices of people around you and see where are they coming from. And if you see that after all (laughs) this uh, looking at their perspective, you still think that they're idiots taking the decision. Again, you can try to continue persuading them, but just do it from their perspective. Hear them, understand where they're coming from, and only then can you actually have a conversation where they will listen and maybe, just maybe, change their mind. But as I said, have a goal of first and foremost understanding them and and being able to respect. And again, respecting doesn't mean agreeing with their choice, but I think it's very important and it's a life-changing skill of being able to see the other side. Another uh, point that I briefly touched on in the previous episode was the Ukrainians continuing to work. I had an interview for the Swedish podcast where the hosts wanted to provide their audience with the information how to help Ukraine in this time, how the private sector, to be precise, can help Ukraine. And I was just two, three weeks into the full-scale innovation And I was one of the guests, and the other guests were a consultancy company in Sweden that had offices around Ukraine with around 2,000 employees. And the message from both of us was, don't stop working with Ukrainians, don't stop giving jobs to Ukrainians. And the hosts of the show were just dropping their jaw, like, work? What are you talking about? But the thing is, Ukrainians do want to work. As I explained in the previous episode, they want to continue infrastructure going, the economy going in the country. They want to have the means to support themselves and, first and foremost, the volunteers and the armed forces of Ukraine. Because we need help from all the fronts right now. And at the same time, these people want to work as some anchor to normality, to life outside of war, and to feel helpful and useful. Because this is something that also a lot of people are feeling right now. This feeling of despair when you can't stop the war and whatever you do is, feels like not enough, that feeling is heavy. And when you know that you can, for an hour or two or whatever it is at, uh, in the day, focus on providing value from your zone of genius, from the space that you're best at, that gives some sense of meaning. And uh, com- contribution. So just to give you an example of my team. I have two, two team members uh, still in Ukraine. And in the beginning of the war, I uh, sent a message that uh, asking them to keep track in time, uh, no matter whether they work or not, because I want the automatic payments for my cards to, to them continue. And none of them has done it. There were days or then when they couldn't deliver and then they just didn't track any time and uh, they only do it when they have done the work it's amazing to me to observe it makes total sense to me but at the same time it doesn't <laughs> and I'm eternally grateful for the team how they continue continuing to show up and do their job and prove how amazing Ukrainians are on so many different levels. And that is not only my experience, but uh, I have friends who have IT consultancies, for example, and working with outsourcing. And their working capacity right now is at 97% of their pre full scale invasion. It's just to give you some understanding of the scale. 97% of people who have been working for a company within Ukraine before February 24th, are working and delivering right now. Of course, some have decided to join the army. Some are decided. Some have some have decided to take maybe a break from work and just do volunteer work. But the example of this company, Beatroot, and uh, the CEO and found, co-founder uh, Andreas Flodstrom. I I think I'll take him on the show at some point soon. He's saying that 97% of their people are working and delivering. So they had their contingency and continuity plans and those are working right now. And they are their clients are getting deliverables. And that is another message that I really want to share with you. If you have anything to do with Ukraine, keep it going. If you have had some Ukrainian developers or whatever it is contractors check in with them. of course you need to have an understanding that sometimes they are going through the emotional roller coaster and they just they have that moment when they need to hide under the blanket and just disappear from the face of the world for some time and sometimes they plainly cannot work because they they need to evacuate the parts of their family or they need to hide in the um, in the bomb shelter where they don't have internet or whatever. but generally, People are delivering and working. And if you have any sense or any any power to provide work for them, please, please do so. If you're self-employed or if you can um, hire some freelancers, I know that Upwork, Upwork, the platform that I'm using with my contractors, uh, with my team members, um, they have created lists of freelancers, Ukrainian freelancers who are open for jobs. And you can hire them through the uh, simplified process or you can just donate to money to them, I think even uh, just to support people in Ukraine. There are a lot of initiatives that like that that can actually help you get something done in your business and at the same time help Ukrainians on many levels. So this is another level that uh, or another lesson that I wanted to share with you. Ukrainians want to continue working for different reasons and you have the power to help uh, them with that. Those two together, those first two lessons together, I want to kind of wrap them up with a general thought that has the philosophy that has changed my mind and my life, and I've been talking about that before on the show, and that is the learning of Stephen Covey from his uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and that is focusing on your circle of influence instead of circle of concern. So if you think about everything that affects you or that you are concerned about that something something that really comes to your mind when you are thinking about the world. That probably my guess is that is a lot of different things. But that only a small or relatively small subset of those things are the things that you can somehow affect, that you have some power on changing. And that is the circle of concern. So that circle or circle of influence. And that circle is a subset or kind of a a part of this bigger circle of concern. And what Mr. Covey is teaching is really to focus your efforts on the circle of influence. And by that, growing that. Example from my life, um, again, from this war, the first part of it, back in 2014, I stopped reading news. It was... Approximately half a year after the annexation of Crimea, it was already after the Boeing being hit uh, in Eastern Ukraine, I realized how much of my energy uh, I'm spending and wasting on reading news without knowing what to do with that. I'm just living through the tragedies of people without helping, being able to help them, just spending my energy on, on feeling powerless. And I took this decision of really stopping to read news. And I have done it ever since. Of course, there were some exceptions now in the first days of the invasion when I did spend time in the news outlets. But generally, yes, I am living under the rock. I get very limited information about the state of the world. And if you've had conversations in the past years with me, you know that that doesn't mean that when you talk to me that you have nothing to talk about. And... The projects that I've mentioned in the previous episodes, like doing film festivals on top of full-time work, like doing the exchange program for Ukrainian journalists and so on and so forth. Those things have been possible because of my decision to focus on my circle of influence. And even my clients who who are the news junkies, those who every morning read news on 7 to 10 different outlets as part of their morning ritual, Even then, when they hear about that, that's shocking for them that I would say that they sometimes feel a bit disgusted uh, knowing that they are being um, mind shifted by a person who doesn't do that in any capacity. But even they manage to see the point in what I'm doing. And um, sometimes they lower the number of their news outlets and just realizing, yes, actually I'm not getting extra value from reading this and that channel after I read that and that and that channel. So this is, again, my way of influencing what I can affect instead of uh, spending my time and energy on something that is out of my control. This is the lesson that we all can take in our lives, no matter where we are uh, geographically, no matter where we are with the stage of life and the season of life that we're going through right now, no matter where our mindset is, we can always start with this, focusing on, can I change this right now? Yes, it's bothering me, but what can I do here? So can I do anything at all? And if yes, what? And then taking the damn step to do that. This is the lesson that I really want you to take from this conversation. And I have some bullet points more on my list that I haven't shared, but I will wait with recording that episode until these first two are released and uh, let's see whether you feel like this is something that you would like to hear more about or you want me to bring the guests back and just have that. So yeah, if you're listening to this, let me know what you think and I will take it into account with planning the next episode. Thank you for being with us. Please stand with Ukraine, support whichever way you can, whether it's by providing jobs for Ukrainians or supporting with your money or with your time volunteering in your home community, whatever it is. Together, we are stronger and this war is showing that. So be part of the better world. Be part of that world that you want to be there for your kids later on. And um, take care of yourself as well. Thanks and bye.
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of Genius Leadership. If you enjoyed the conversation, hit the subscribe button to not miss an episode. And to help more people become even better leaders, rate and review our podcast and share it with your communities. For more conversations about living and leading from your zone of genius, connect with me on LinkedIn. Genius Leadership is an honest conversation about leading yourself and others. And it's my honor to be your guide in overcoming everything.